And welcome to the first ever Saluki Standards Podcast. I'm Connor Onion. Thanks for listening to this first ever edition of the Saluki Standards Podcast. Get to our guest, Saluki Athletic Director Liz Jarnigan, here in a moment. Um, first, I'm, I'm sure some of you are wondering, Saluki Standards, what does that mean? What's the concept? Yada, yada, yada. Liz, who we'll talk to here in a minute, uh, she'll explain it much more in depth than I can, but... When Liz took over as the athletic director, this kind of became her vision along with a couple other people's on how to sum up what SIU Athletics is after and how to reach the mountaintop, which is ultimately to win a bunch of championships, win a lot of games, win a lot of events, and and all that good stuff. So uh, there are a couple of concepts we'll hit on with Liz and with several of our guests as, as this podcast continues to grow, um, but if, if you guys have suggestions, we'd love to hear from you on who you'd, who you'd like to hear from, whether it's somebody in SIU Athletics, whether it's somebody within the university, an alum. It doesn't matter. Anybody that has some tie to SIU, we'd like to get involved in this. I've already had uh, a couple of people mention that they'd like to hear from Deanna Price, who, of course, is a world champion. And uh, Ed Allen is somebody that has popped up. A lot of people want to hear the new Saluki volleyball coach and what he has to say in the podcasting world. So uh, if you guys are listening, uh, text me, DM me, whatever. We'd love to have you on. Um, But, yeah, anybody else that's listening, if you want to reach out, suggest a guest, please do. And uh, we will try to get that done. But without further ado, let's get to our first guest on the first episode ever. Here's Liz Jarnigan, the Saluki Athletic Director. Welcome to the first ever Saluki Standards Podcast. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm feeling like I'm incredibly with it. I can't wait to tell my kids I'm on a podcast. <laughs> no, you, you should. Are they podcast fans? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah? What yes. do they listen to? Uh, I don't know. Now this one, obviously. (laughs) For sure, the the Saluki (laughs) podcast. Yeah. So briefly in the introduction, I explained the the concept behind the pyramid and some of the things that you're trying to implement into the athletic department here. Let's start with the main themes. Integrity is at the bottom of the pyramid. Toughness and then champions is at the top. Those are the three main words. Why were those the words that you chose and, and wanted to incorporate here? Well, first, let me just say that um, while I was very involved in selecting these words, there it, it, there was a large group of members of the department that met to, to kind of uh, go over what our core values would be, which we've ended up morphing into the Saluki standards. So it's it's yes, it's got my hand on it quite heavily, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that this was a um, collective group effort by several leaders in the department. So beyond that, talking about those the the three um, larger components of um, the integrity, that's the foundational level. That's the bottom of the pyramid. That's that's kind of the foundation. If you're familiar with, with John Wooden's Pyramid of Success, his concepts there are, are, are the foundation that you build on. Sure. And then the next level up, that's where toughness comes in. Uh, and really, that's the process. We see this as, as the process from building on a foundation that must be in place uh, and getting to the ultimate goal, which is at the top part of the pyramid, which is being champion and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I was going to ask you, was it uh, like the food pyramid or was it like Wooden's Pyramid? <laughs> you, you, you nailed it with, with Wooden's Pyramid. Yes. Um, but, but starting with integrity, uh, just you know, the textbook definition of integrity, 
yeah. the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Yes. Uh, how does how does that apply to athletics and what you expect from administration and, and athletes? If you go to any company uh, or business and that might have core values, you might see integrity as part part of, of their list of values. And so for us, thinking about integrity, knowing that it's important to us and how we act and behave, we needed to take it a step further and define what integrity means for us. How does What does that look like? How do we model that so that we don't just say we have integrity? We say this is how we demonstrate our integrity. And that's, um, that's how we came up with the other words that are, are part of that, you know, loyalty, leadership, accountability, and pride. I, I know you have kind of a, an outward-facing value base. You, you don't like to internalize a lot of things and make it about you, but uh, I am curious with leadership being one of those mm -hmm. subgroups that you've had on the pyramid there at that, that, that bottom yeah. tier, who's had the biggest influence on your leadership style? Oh my goodness! Um, thank you for asking about leadership because that of of any of these, the one that jumps out the most at me, especially recently, is that word. Um, I've thought a lot about it as I've had my new opportunity uh, to be a leader uh, for this department and at SIU, uh, and um, I think about it as what it's meant to me as I've raised children in this world think about it uh, uh, in terms of the impact that my short time at the Air Force Academy um, had on me and their, their, their uh, authentic uh, focus on developing leaders of character. Uh, and so it's, it's important to me. So in my time here, I, I would say that our coaches to a T, every single last one that we currently have in place, um, is an outstanding, they're each an outstanding leader for their area of responsibility. And um, I think we're seeing right now the results of what great leadership uh, can can create. Your experience at the Air Force Academy, Academy that you just mentioned, I'm sure at any one of the branches of service, if you're at one of mm -hmm. those institutions, uh, there's, there's probably a buttoned up approach. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of discipline. There is mm -hmm. a lot of leadership. What really struck you about one of the qualities that you picked up specifically yeah. in regards to leadership from your time at Air Force? Well, uh, I think this is kind of a no-brainer, but it, it was really um, driven home while I was there. There's different levels of leadership, and you don't have to be placed at, a to at the top of an organization in order to be a leader. Uh, and um, there's curriculum there at the academy, and I'm sure there are at the other uh, military academies as well, focused on developing leaders of character. So in your first year there, you learn how to be a good follower. And so and it's, uh, sometimes being a great leader means that you, you follow with loyalty and commitment and dedication. Is it intimidating? Being there at first? You oh, mentioned yes. your, your first year, you're a follower. Is it yeah. intimidating at first? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, th this is for the cadets I'm talking about, but yes, I yeah. learned how to follow as well. <laughs> it is, you know, my, um, just as a sidebar, it took me a while to get over the fact that it was just plain cool to be there. <laughs> I'm you sure. Could look, see, see glider practice, gliders practicing outside your office window and parachute practicing going on. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet it was hard to focus on your job at first. Yeah. You got planes <laughs> flying past your window. Uh -huh. and yeah. No, no, it was, it was a, a great experience. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, um, but the curriculum that they have there 
for the, for the cadets themselves uh, focuses on beginning as le learning how to be a good follower uh, and then and then growing as in your second and third and fourth years and in your leadership components and so for me I understand that my opportunity as a leader here in the role that I currently have as athletic director really relies heavily on everyone else in the department stepping up and practicing leadership in their own areas of responsibilities. Yeah, that is a lot like you're, you're talking about following yeah. first and then yeah. leading in your individual sector. I'm curious about this on, on your journey. You were put in a, a leadership position, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you're, you're a captain mm -hmm. of, of your college volleyball team. Were you an innate leader? Were, were you born a good leader? Or was there kind of a moment where somebody identified Liz is a leader now and we think she's going to be a leader for a long time to come? If you'd asked my mom, she would say I was always a leader because I would say <laughs> that about my own kids. I, I think I did learn early on it through, I think, in school, particularly through athletics, but also academic endeavors, that I aspired to be a, a leader. I wanted to please people. I wanted to achieve things. I was competitive. Uh, and so I think that that evolved for me. Uh, I don't know that I realized that I had the capacity to be a leader the way uh, in the area that I've got uh, responsibilities now for a long time. But I can look back and see, oh, gosh, I had that experience and that really helped me uh, gain confidence as a leader. I had that experience. But when you're in the middle of it, you know, I think I don't think you're ever as confident as you you want to be. Right. Right. It, it can be scary, I'm sure, especially as a volleyball player to lead people that are the same age as you yeah. when, when you are pretty young. Was it scary? At yeah. First? Well, you know, when I uh, my first coaching job was the year after I graduated from from college and I took the interim position. My previous coach had uh, been offered another job at another institution late in the year. And so the athletic director knew I was finishing up my master's degree, gave me a call, said, will you take the, the team on an interim basis? And I said, yes, I needed something. Then all of a sudden it hit me. I was I ended up coaching athletes who I actually had played with <laughs> right. uh, when I was when I was a senior. And so I, I don't recommend that. That's not the, <laughs> the, really the best way to, to, to learn coaching and, and all that. But it, it en ended up working out fine and and at some point, I was always the young one in the department, and at some point, that that changed for me. That's not the case anymore. <laughs> yeah, you don't get younger. But, <laughs> no. I mean, you you kicked butt when you were young. I mean, <laughs> 1989, you're the coach of the year at Bethel College, and you win a conference oh. championship. Uh, oh. I mean, it, it seems like your experience as a player morphed into being a leader pretty quickly in the real world, too. Well, I, I think it's a natural transition from – being an athlete to a coach, I mean, you uh, you don't lose that competitive fire, and uh, um, I think there's an advantage in coaching when you have played. I don't know that you necessarily have had to be a player in order to be a great coach, right. but I think there's some advantages there. Um, you know, I, I was back in 1989. I was um, blessed to be at a wonderful school, Bethel College, a, a small little school in Kansas. Just a wonderful experience. My husband and I had there coached some some 
kids who exercised leadership and demonstrated commitment and persevered and won a conference championship. Your your husband, Jeff, is a coach. Yes. He's, he's in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the same characteristics that you have, I'm sure he has in, in his job, too. How much do you guys talk about the art and the craft of of leading people we talk about it all the time in, in, in some shape or form it may not be that we're talking about leadership at the dinner table tonight but we're we are always discussing you know what's going on in our programs uh, what we learned today what we learned to do today what we learned we're not going to do today um, and so I've learned so much from him I know he would say he's learned from me as well and I think it's all been centered around us both of us developing professionally and our leadership skills I will tell you anybody who knows the two of us knows that his leadership style is excellent and completely different than mine <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make yours not excellent no though. i'm gonna say mine's pretty different. good too i'm gonna uh, yeah what, what are the differences between? uh tone <laughs> uh, first He's and more, foremost yes yeah. is uh, he a yeller uh yes <laughs> and it's not even it, it, I, he he just yells uh, not be out of anger because he's um, intent on getting his point across. <laughs> <laughs> That's just his natural tone. Yes. <laughs> first, first, uh, couple of years of our marriage, I had to remind him I didn't have a football helmet on when I, we were sitting next to each other on the couch. I hope I hope he's not going to listen to the podcast. Well, you said the kids are big podcast yeah, fans. Yeah, they'll so. listen. <laughs> well, uh, I, I feel like we could talk about that for a long time. The, yeah. the leadership part is um, such a big part of your job, of course, but let's move into the second tier of, okay. of your vision, uh, toughness. Um, you know, the go back to the textbook definition of it, the state of being strong enough to withstand adversity conditions or rough handling. Uh, I mean, this is so prevalent in sports, whether you are an administrator mm-hmm. or, or a player. Mm-hmm. What's What's been the most difficult obstacle for you where you've had to exude toughness in your professional career? It, well, this is a tough job. Uh, and looking back on the, the, the jobs that I've had leading up to this one, um, I've... I've gotten to this place with this opportunity because there's been there have been challenges and having to work your way through them solve problems uh, be creative be strong um, you know when uh, when things things are tough not fold up and, and quit but 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 hang in there and so toughness is, has been a part of you know my career all along and it, it, you can't make it in this industry without having a little bit of that right have there been moments where you've you've thought this is too much i need to go into some other field or some other profession and get out of sports completely you know when my third child was born when when emily was born uh i already had jack and mary who were four and one um i know three and one at the time and uh I thought I, you know, I, I need to do something else. I was I was coaching at the time. I thought, well, my husband, there's he can't do anything else. He's not fun to be with when he's not coaching. Uh, and I thought I can do a lot of different things. And so I did make a career choice change, and uh, found myself right back in athletics. And so I sort of redirected uh, what I was doing as a result of how tough. It was going to be for me to be uh, the mom I wanted to be and the professional that I wanted to be. But somehow um, athletics never left Mm -hmm. what I was doing. Yeah, there's 
There's nothing tougher than a, a working mother, I'd imagine. Oh, well. Especially with, with three of them. Well. And, and and you've been able to be successful in your profession and still raise three kids that are having success. That's got to be rewarding for I'm, you. Well, I'm very proud of my kids. And anybody who talks to me at length knows that, knows that I am. I'm a typical mom there. Uh, and it hasn't been easy. My, my husband does give me great credit for that. I will say one thing. I will say it is hard. I will say one thing that's probably harder is to raise uh, children when your spouse is a member of the military. Mm. And, you know, we saw, uh, had a, a great military send-off last week, and, yep. and I thought, you know, I should never feel bad about, you know, the separation and the difficulties we have as a right. coaching family when um, we know we're safe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking about that, too. Uh, raising three kids, they're all mm-hmm. over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your husband's job takes him mm-hmm. um, all throughout the country, mm-hmm. too, and you spend a lot of time apart. Uh, what do you think that says about the toughness of some of the things you've had to overcome with, with the family aspect and the professional aspect, um, sometimes being states and mm-hmm. uh, hours and miles apart? Well, I, I do think it says we're pretty tough, and I yeah. think it says we're strong about our commitment to each other, and uh, it's unfailing. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I guess, it, our family's a, a, like a team, mm-hmm. and we do not give up on each other, and we support each other where we're, when, whether we're near or far. And when you've been married for almost 30 years, which is what I've been married, uh, sometimes that time away helps to remind you never to take the time together for granted mm-hmm. within just the 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 kid group mm-hmm. i mean how have they shown toughness throughout the journey that that you and jeff have been on well i th- hanging in there with crazy parents like us <laughs> uh, they've uh, they were all very um competitive and still are in their own ways. My oldest was not a college athlete, but just thoroughly um, enjoyed uh, being an athlete and working hard. Uh, She overcame some, uh, uh, you know, small issue with dyslexia and uh, as a student and was just a a wonderful student and an achiever on the academic side nonetheless. And so that required great toughness on her part. My son is a a football offensive lineman. Uh, He works his tail off and um, uh, gets no glory. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That that requires toughness because the the kids that do get the glory won't get it if you don't take care of your job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then my youngest one, uh, she just learned by watching everybody and just quietly uh, um, learned how to tough through anything that she's been handed in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you guys kind of show that the toughness is more than a physicality. Yeah. yeah. Which it can on this, uh, in, with your concept of leading up to winning championships, but there is more to it than just the physical nature of no, it. No, and, and, and toughness really is a state of mind. And I can tell you that we started working on these these values back in the summer. Coach Kill was here, and I wanted want to make sure that I make the point that as I talked to the staff members involved in talking about this, I said, think about Coach Kill. Think about our leader. You know, that needs to be a component of how we put together who we are. Because, this, again, these aren't, aren't going to be words on a paper. This is going to be who we are. And th- that toughness layer right there, I, I, I see Coach Kill's face jumping out at me every time. Um, I see it. And how do we define, you, you gave the definition, the, the Webster's definitionary, right. a dictionary definition. But for us, 
it's defined through discipline, hard work, resiliency. That is how we demonstrate toughness here um, in Saluki Athletics. Sure. Uh, I'm guessing Coach Kill's uh, tone of voice when he pops off the page mm-hmm. is much like Jeff's. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> more, more football coach than it is. <laughs> some people who know us know that they, they did play football together back in, in the day, and um, there's a similarity there. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there it's is. It's a passion. Uh, right, right. But uh, the top tier is, is winning championships. Yes. Um, you know, all the things that we talked about kind of build to the top of the pyramid here, and what everybody wants to, to work toward is winning the championship. Um, you were a championship coach. We talked mm-hmm. about your time at Bethel before. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you seen some of the things below the top part of this pyramid kind of feed themselves into that top part where you do win a championship? In, in your experience, what have you yeah, seen? Yeah, well, I think it's very difficult to win a championship or be, be a champion in any kind of a sustained fashion without having the foundation in place. Uh, and without putting in the effort and energy uh, in order to get there, if it was if it was easy and you didn't didn't require toughness, um, everybody would win championships, and it doesn't work that way. And so, um, building programs the right way with that foundation of integrity, and then going to work uh, and, and being tough to persevere, uh, to build on that foundation is what we believe results in championships. And we feel very good about where every single one of our sport programs is right now with regard to that. Thinking back to the first championship you won as, as a coach, um, what, what's something that has, has reinforced itself throughout the years or has been a common denominator to some of the other championship teams or players or athletes that you've been around throughout the years? Well, I've, I've learned from the championships, and I've learned from the years that weren't championships, both. Uh, and one of the things for me is not to compromise principles. Never, never take a chance on a player uh, or a, a um, staff member that's not committed to the team. Mm-hmm. It's destructive and, and undermines the ability to win championships. Um, championships are won through uh, commitment to the, the teamwork and the discipline and the dedication much more than they are won with extreme raw talent. Now, extreme raw talent is very helpful, but lacking those other components, just not, all you can really be is just another good team. I mean, is there is there such thing as a shortcut? You mentioned raw talent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of things that encompass this vision that you have to getting SIU athletics yes. back to a championship standard. Is there such thing as is dodging some of the the values that are on this this vision that you have? Well, that's an interesting question, and I in our business. Uh, I think we have a lot of examples of shortcuts being taken mm-hmm. uh, and um, and then great failure to follow. Right. Uh, and quite often those shortcuts involve um, unethical conduct or lack of placing the well-being of the student-athlete as your top priority. Uh, uh, and so you may... Ha- experience brief uh, achievement as a result, I don't believe it's a sustainable model, and it certainly isn't the model that we're um, building our our values on here. Sure, sure. I've I've talked to uh, coaches that have said, 
um, you know, they'll, they'll ask a recruit, what do you think it's like to win a championship? And uh, I don't know if there's a right answer, but one of the best answers I've heard is that winning a championship feels like exhaustion. You yeah. just you just break down at the end yeah. because you've poured so much into this. You know, championship as an athlete, championship as an administrator. Mm-hmm. What are the differences in emotions in, in your experience? I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. No. I really don't. Um, you know, when I left coaching and became a, an academic uh, advisor for student athletes, I realized very quickly in that that role change that I was still coaching. <laughs> yeah. I was still competing. Uh, the the um, the ultimate goal on the academic side was a little bit different, but you know, motivating, persevering, all of those things uh, were the same. And I think now that I'm a min- ad- administrator, um, it, it's it's all a competition to to me there too uh, we don't want to win in just one thing yeah so the so we the win, win in everything so the, the <laughs> so the the wins and the losses still get oh, you down yeah. on your hands and your knees and <laughs> yes and it is exhausting I'd, i'll go home tonight and climb into bed early <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm sure you will i'm sure you you're, you're working what probably 16 17 sometimes even 20 hour days <laughs> well sometimes but i will tell you it doesn't even doesn't compare to the 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 time that our coaches and our athletes put in mm-hmm. let me let me ask you this uh, on the way out you know what what gets a lot of the headlines in the press when you're in an athletic director position is the hiring of coaches and the scheduling that's what I think a lot of people on the outside see but what are some other ways that um, or what are some of the things you've discovered now that you're in the position that that you have to do that aren't necessarily headline material to build toward the top of this pyramid and win championships. Well, things like this. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, we uh, uh, hyping up the ego of the I'm podcast s- on episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, still working on getting getting to a level of comfort with a, more of a public. Uh, uh, visibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been very comfortable behind the scenes, uh, working to make try to try to make other people look good. Uh, so that's and it's um, outside my natural personality. So I'm more of an introvert by sure. nature, as opposed to a coach kill or someone like my husband who's uh, they're extroverts. And so where some people. Um, are actually fueled by that that public interaction. Um, I'm, I've, I feel like I'm handling it and doing doing my best to improve and and deal with it. It it is exhausting for me. I'm sure because it's not my nature. I'm sure. It, are there examples that you can think of of athletic directors or other people in leadership positions mm-hmm. that are introverted that have succeeded? Um, you know, by not pushing the public part of the job? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's def- there's all sorts of personalities uh, out there. And I think, uh, you know, I've I've worked with a variety of them. Uh, Judy McLeod was an athletic director at, at Tulsa my first uh, few years there, and she was much more reserved and quiet, and she's been highly successful. She's now the commissioner of Conference USA. Um, Bubba Ken- Cunningham was the athletic director um, the second part of my time at Tulsa. He's uh, much more charismatic, uh, and, and now the the AD at uh, North Carolina. Uh, Tom Bowen was the athletic director. I worked with uh, for quite a bit of time at 
at uh, San Jose State, and he was over-the-top personality, mm-hmm. very friendly and outgoing. And so each one of them had a different personality, and both have been, uh, and all three have been highly successful. Mm-hmm. I hope you'll forgive my half-hearted shot the other day about the uh, the Tar Heels. I don't know if yeah. you saw. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah. I, I I saw that I saw that you'd interacted with that, and I thought, uh oh, she's going to tell Bubba that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. I'm all saluki these days. So. I, I I understand. I understand. But thanks so much for doing this. It's it's a really cool concept, um, what you put yeah. together. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this part will grow. So thanks yeah, for being uh, guest well, number one. Thank you for the wonderful idea you have surrounding it and, and uh, giving us the opportunity to show how we really live these values. And just they're just not something uh, posted on the wall for us to forget about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will ask you this. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, if you could think of somebody that we need to have on. Who would it be? Who's who are one or two people that you think we uh, we need to have on that oh, would, yeah. would would rep the podcast well? Well, I've, any of our coaches for sure. Uh, right now, I'm such a fan. Uh, I think that uh, Ed Allen uh, would would be great. People love to listen to him. I also think maybe the Chancellor. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll make sure. We'll